It's my honor to introduce Scott Milanovic as the head coach of the Edmonton Eskimos. I'd like to thank every candidate we spoke with over our two-week process. All were qualified coaches and great people, but after speaking with Scott over a two-day span, it became clear to me that he is the best man to lead our franchise. I'd also like to thank the Jacksonville Jaguars, and in particular David Caldwell, for how accommodating, classy, and professional they have been throughout this whole process. Along with David, I'd like to thank Chris Preston for making time to come to Florida to meet Scott. Our process was for me to interview each candidate and then have them meet with, with Chris for a little bit at the end of each interview. And it was important for us to adhere to our process and keep it the same for every candidate in order to get an apples to apples comparison. Without any further ado, here's the new head coach of the Edmonton Eskimos, Scott Milanovic. Thanks, Brock. My, my, my phone's beeping already. Um, been quite a week, quite a week for me and my family. Uh, I can tell you, my girls are excited. Certainly, I couldn't be more honored to, to be trusted with the responsibility that comes with leading this football team. I also have some people I have to thank. I want to start with the entire Jacksonville Jaguars organization. Like Brock said, they helped make this happen. They made this simple for us. Specifically, I want to thank Coach Marone. He gave me an opportunity to, to coach in the NFL. I've learned so much from him over the last three years that, that I know is going to make me a better coach going forward. Um, my quarterbacks in, in Jacksonville, Nick Foles, Gardner Minshew, and Josh Dobbs, those guys have been amazing. When I told them Wednesday that it looks like this was going to happen, they were supportive. They were happy for me. They were glad I was going to stay for the for the for the rest of the two weeks and, and finish this this year that we started together. So um, I can't say enough about those guys. I hope one day I can convince Nick to come up and speak to our team about his story of perseverance that he's he's gone through in his career. As far as the Eskimos, I've really enjoyed getting to, to spend some time with Chris Press in the last couple of days. I think it was Wednesday night around 11:30, 12. I, I can't remember exactly. When the contract details started to come together and it looked like this thing might happen and, and Chris kind of turned to me to go over my living room and he turned to me and he said, hey, Scott, so, so at this point, what, what would it be that would keep you from making this deal happen? And I, and I told him the only thing that could stop it now was if my daughter or my wife said, I don't want you to go. And um, something Chris could relate to. I, I know his family has gone recently through the same thing. He was amazing. Did a great job of addressing any anxiety they had. I showed them how great it was going to be for us to be a member of the Edmonton Eskimos family. Uh, Brock, I've known Brock for over a decade. Always been impressed with his work ethic, his passion for the game, um, you know, his ability to, to evaluate players, his knack for managing people, you know, with a firm hand, but also with the sensitivity that to treat the individual like a person and, and not just a pawn in, in the game that we play. And that's important as we go through this process. He deserves an amazing amount of credit for getting this deal done. He took a long shot. There's no doubt. And, and he had the courage to do that. But more importantly, he had the fortitude to push through. It was a difficult deal. Uh, I'm thankful for him. I look forward to working with him. Both Chris and, and Brock and I, I don't know how they feel. I felt like there was, there was an instant connection. I feel like we see – the future of the Eskimos, if not through the exact same lens, through a similar lens. And um, I like the way uh, the way Chris is planning on building the brand. I believe in what Brock believes in as far as it comes to how you build a team. And uh, I'm very comfortable that Eskimos fans can sleep well knowing that their franchise is in good hands. 
Uh, finally, uh, I want to say thank you to my wife, Jamie, my daughters, Nicole and Maggie. Without their love and support, I would not, absolutely would not be doing this. Every coach knows, every GM knows those long nights, those long days, and week 16, week 17, week 18, those three, those three would be my strongest motivation. And um, I hope they're proud of who their dad is and, and what he stands for. To the players and to the fans, I want them to know that I'm, I'm finishing the season with Jacksonville because I think it's the right thing to do. Uh, I want them to rest assured that the green and gold will never be far from my mind. I've already started building my staff. That will be my number one priority until that is completed. Um, I know Brock has video on its way now as we speak to Florida, so in my spare time I can start evaluating our roster and get a head start for the things that need to start taking place in January. Once again, I'm, I'm humbled. I'm thrilled to be chosen to lead this football team. I believe we're going to make the city of Edmonton and all of northern Alberta proud of their Eskimos. I want to thank you all for taking some time on a Saturday afternoon, and I'll try to answer a few questions if anybody might have any. Certainly. Ladies and gentlemen, we will not take questions from the telephone lines. If you have a question and you are using a speakerphone, please lift your handset before dialing your selection. If you have a question, you can register by dialing star 1 on your telephone keypad, and you can cancel your question if you wish by dialing the pound sign. Please press star 1 at this time if you have a question. And the first question is from Eric Jones at Edmonton Sun. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Yeah, Scott, it's Terry Jones. Um, i just curious of the timeline involved. Uh, Brock's gone through it with us from his end. What was it like from your end? And uh, and just overall, what was the what, – what made you – uh, come back to the Canadian Football League as opposed to uh, to, to following an NFL path. <laughs> well, it, it's it's kind of a blur at this point, Terry. But um, I believe Coach Marron told me at some point on Tuesday that um, that Brock had called and either emailed or, or, or talked to our GM and that the permission was granted. Um, spoke with Brock on the phone. He flew down. I think I saw him the next day or night or at some point there, and um, it grew from there, and, and it grew quickly as it had to because this was going to take place. So um, that's kind of the timeline. Um, the other question is certainly more complicated. Um, I won't sit here and say that the, the way our season's gone had no factor in, in my decision, but um, I do have another year left on my contract um, in Jacksonville. There was just so many things once I started talking that kind of Brock got us in the door, and then we started talking about Trevor, who I have a great affinity for, and I believe you have to have a quarterback to win. That kind of kind of got it closer. And then you start talking about all the facilities and the history and, you know, the vision, the personal connections that, that Brock and I and Chris seem to make in a, in a very quick period of time. And, honestly, I'm one that, that trusts his gut and um, – it felt right to me. It felt like something I wanted to do. I miss calling plays. I miss being the head coach. And I'm not saying that I have to be in that position, but uh, it just felt like something I wanted to try to build with these guys. Thank you. Once again, please press star one if you have a question at this time. And the next question is from Dean Bennett at Canadian Press. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Thanks. Yeah, Scott, you talked a little bit about uh, Trevor Harris. Can you expand on that? Uh, obviously, you've got a long relationship with him, and, and what having him there sort of meant towards your uh, making this decision. 
Yeah. Uh, some of you probably know. Uh, I once worked Trevor out in the high school gym in upstate New York before we signed him in Toronto. And he he drove. I think he was in Edinburgh at the time, or he may have been in Ohio at home. But he drove. It was winter. It was cold. He worked out with me and a high school kid in the gym. <clears throat> and then I sat in his car for another hour after we were done while he pulled out he had like a loose-leaf notebook with all these plays. He's going to be a coach one day. And he had all these plays drawn or what I think. And so, um, you know, a coach loves stuff like that. When you get got a guy that's got that kind of commitment, uh, and then I watched him grow. Obviously, at one point he took over for Ricky and, and really did a great job. And I, I followed him. We've stayed in touch since. Um, you know, honestly, as the father of daughters, the best – and I know he's married, but the best comment or, or – I guess compliment I can give a person is that Trevor Harris is the kind of guy that you would want your daughters to marry. And when you have a guy that works as hard as him and he's your best player, um, sky's the limit. And so I believe you have to have a quarterback in, in professional football to, to be successful. And uh, I'm extremely comfortable and thrilled to be working with Trevor again. Thank you. The next question is from Morley Scott at 630CHED Radio. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Thank you very much. Uh, hi, Scott. Uh, welcome. I uh, want to ask you uh, a little bit more on Harris and just talk about his development to where he is now and what you know of him now compared to where he was back when he was with you and he had that good year in 2015. And secondly, can you talk about putting a staff together? Uh, what kind of a staff do you want? And maybe the challenges that face you putting it together under the circumstances with you still being in Jacksonville and working. Yeah, uh, to, to speak on Trevor's development, uh, you know, I've watched it from afar. I don't get to see a lot of games. Um, I, I can know, I can tell by speaking with him how high his confidence is and, and how his leadership has grown. I was fortunate. Um, we were on our bye week when – when Edmonton played Montreal in the first round of the playoffs. So <clears throat> Jamie and I sat there all Sunday afternoon and, and watched that game. And, and I, obviously he was tremendous. I, I can't remember if he started with like 22 straight completions or something like that. He looks great in the pocket. He gets the ball out quick. Um, you know, his feet are tied to the routes, all those things that, uh, you know, he seems to know what's going on out there before, before it happens. So those are things that, uh, you know, Trevor is he always had, but you can tell that they've grown. They've grown over the course of the time since I've been from him. Uh as as far as building the staff, the hard thing is is for guys that I don't know, um, there's very little time for me to do personal in person interviews. Uh so I've been contacting people on the phone. Um there's guys that I already know that I wouldn't need to interview that I can fill positions with. And there's some guys that, that that's not the case for. So at this point, that's probably the biggest challenge, but um, it can also be worked around. This week was very tough because it didn't happen until so late. But <clears throat> if I had to, for instance, interview somebody next Friday afternoon or next Saturday afternoon, um, you know, before we play um, the Falcons, that that can that could be made possible. So that's the biggest challenge. Uh, Time frame, just you know, my, my responsibilities with the Jaguars obviously eat up a, a huge portion of my day. But um, you know, I can go without sleep for a couple of weeks. Thank you. Once again, please press star one if you have a question at this time. And the next question is from Justin Dunk at Freedom Nation. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. 
Hey, Scott, did you field any interest from any other CFL teams, particularly the one that you were with last, Toronto? Um, not really. No, I definitely have not discussed anything uh, with Toronto. I had some exchanges with uh, another organization through a mutual friend, but that was about it. Thank you. There are no further questions, Mr. Fumes. I would like to turn the conference back over to you, sir. Uh, we do have one question from Quinn at Global Television. It is for Brock, and the question is, how important was getting somebody in place as soon as possible for you? If you could answer that, Brock, that would be great. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Well, again, like I stated uh, right away at the press conference a couple weeks ago, it was never a time frame that was going to dictate this. It was the right person that we were going to go with. So, um the sooner the better, obviously, but it was more about finding the right person and the right fit than it was looking at a calendar and saying, by this date. So we were going to go as long as we had to in order to get the right fit. And as I mentioned earlier, within about two hours of sitting with Scott, uh, I knew it was in my mind that it was, it was very obvious that he was the right man. If there are no more questions, we will end the call. But if there are, please let me know. Certainly, sir. Uh, the next question is from Dean Bennett at Canadian Press. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Thanks. Uh, Scott, can you just reflect on your time with Jacksonville? How is the Scott Milanovich, the coach, that uh, coming to Edmonton will be different from the one that started with Toronto? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I've had three years to... I get to learn from Tom Coughlin, Doug Marone. We, we, we do in Jacksonville a lot with personnel as far as certainly we don't make the draft picks, but we evaluate all of them. We evaluate all the free agents, and then we have to read them in the, in the personnel room and get feedback and, and things like that from, from all those guys in personnel. So I've learned a great deal from that aspect of it. Um, from a strictly <coughs> excuse me X's and O's standpoint, I've been fortunate to work with two different offensive coordinators that are that are systems that are very different than the one that I run uh, that I like to run anyway, and so there's always things that you can that you can take from that, and uh, I've learned a tremendous amount of, you know, I would say there's a there's the majority of the stuff uh, probably won't be brought back, but there's there's 30 or 40 percent of things that I learned down here in the last three years that I'm going to be able to utilize up there that'll that will kind of inject a little bit more life in, into what we were doing before I left. Thank you. The next question is from Justin Dunk at Freedom Nation. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. This one's for Brock. I'm just curious how Bonovich ended up on your radar because a lot of people felt like it might have been a long shot to go get him. So how did that idea come about on your end? Yeah, well, like Scott had mentioned, we go back over a decade. We were together in 07 in Montreal. So uh, Scott and I didn't speak weekly or daily, but we would keep, keep in touch periodically through the years. So he was always in the peripheral on whether he'd do or not. The biggest question is whether he had an interest or not. So when I reached out, it was more or less I want to have a chance to speak with Scott to see where he's coming from, if this is even something he would consider. But Scott's always been in the back of my mind. You know, from the moment I said this in an interview last week, 
one of the most impressive things I've ever seen an organization, and in particular a head coach, do was the 2015 season when he was in Toronto. They were more or less a displaced organization. They were playing home games on the road. So about halfway through the season when I was with Ottawa, we kind of thought we pulled one over on the Argonauts franchise because we were playing – we were supposed to be playing at Toronto for a home game, but that was at our place. So we were all slapping each other on the back, kind of laughing, thinking we got them, and the exact opposite happened. Uh, He used that as a rallying cry, and they came in and took it to us. And I remember very vividly at that time thinking, if I'm ever in a position where I can hire Scott, I'm certainly going to try to or at least have that conversation. So I guess you can say it goes back to that game in 2015. Thank you. The next question is from Morley Scott at 630CHED Radio. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Uh, Scott, can you reflect on the CFL a little bit? And I don't know, you kind of mentioned you hadn't watched it an awful lot since you've left, but how much has the league changed in your mind, or has it changed a lot since then? And also, how much have you changed as as you become a head coach again in this league? What have you learned in the NFL, and, and how will you plan to do things differently as a head coach this time around in the CFL? Yeah, again, a good question. Uh, I can't really answer portions of that. I don't know how much it's changed. Like I said, I, I watch it when I get an opportunity, and that's not very often right now. Uh, I've obviously followed the league for, for years, and from my first moment in the league with Jim Barker and Calgary, the amount that it changed – between then and when I became a head coach in Toronto was monumental. So I have no doubt that um, that the league has made great leaps in the last three years and that I'll have an adjustment to make, and it's one I'll be busy this offseason trying to make. As far as what I've learned um, that's going to make me better, uh, I'm going to keep that one close to the vest, and hopefully we'll be able to show you at some point late June. Thank you. The next question is from Dean Bennett at Canadian Press. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Hi, yes, Scott. I appreciate you're busy, but have you had a chance to really assess your new team and strengths and weaknesses, and will you be the offensive coordinator? And, I mean, it looks like you've got a strong receiving core to go with uh, with Trevor Harris as well to start with. I have not had a chance. Uh, I have talked to people. Uh, that's the best sense I've been able to get at this point. We have a computer uh, probably in the air as we speak right now on the way to, to Ponte Vedra so I can start watching the film. But as of as of today, it's purely word of mouth. I've called a couple before I decided to take the job. I called a couple of friends in, in the CFL that I trust that I know and, and got their opinion on where we were at personnel-wise. And uh, for the most part, it was very favorable. So I look forward to watching it. Um, I look forward to learning about our guys and seeing what we uh, what we do well and, and what we need to improve on. Thank you. The next question is from Justin Dunk at Freedom Nation. Please go ahead. Caroline is now open. Scott, I'm just curious from a career trajectory standpoint, there might be a lot of people that would say your quarterback coach in the NFL, you were an offensive coordinator there with Jacksonville for a little while, and they might have felt like you were on the track to potentially be an NFL head coach. So how did you see that? And then... How did your thought process lead you to come back to the CFL and sort of leave that potential NFL track? Yeah, that's a difficult question to speak on, Justin. Um, 
when I first started to coach, my, my offensive coordinator when I was playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was Mike Shula, obviously his dad's the legendary Don Shula. And when I got my first coaching job, I asked Mike if he had any had any advice for me. And his advice was, don't worry about your next job. Take care of the one that you have. And uh, I've tried to do that, you know. Uh, we all dream of being a head coach. I'm sure many dream of being a head coach in the NFL. To me, that's not how it works. Um, I got my opportunity in Toronto because I worked hard in Montreal and we had a great team and we were successful. That's where my focus is. Um, how this came about, I can't really answer that. I mean, it, it happened. It came up. It was in front of me. I liked how it sounded. Uh, I was never – I've never been one that's been hung up on coaching in the NFL or being an offense coordinator in the NFL or being a head coach in the NFL. I love my time in Canada. I have great friends in Canada. And I thought this was an opportunity that um, – was going to be a good one for me and my family, and that's the most important thing to me. Thanks, Pat. Thank you. The next question is from Eric Jones at Edmonton Sun. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Yes, Terry Jones again. And uh, you, in, in your breakup here in Toronto, you had a, an assistant coaching staff that, uh, looking back, was remarkable with uh, – uh, Jones and Steinhauer and uh, and the current Grey Cup champion uh, O'Shea and uh, a few other pretty good coaches. Uh, can you uh, uh, speak to that with with a view to trying to replicate that to some extent? And the one coach I'm curious about more than any other is uh, is uh, Lolly, uh, who is the one coach here that has, is under contract for next year. Have you made contact with him and any thoughts? Uh, yeah, so uh, I have made contact with, with Philip. Um, we're going to speak here at length in the, in the extremely near future. We did not talk uh, as of yet. I, I tried to get in touch with him actually yesterday when I was on the runway getting ready to leave Jacksonville. So that is in the works. Um, I've heard good things about him. I know he has a close relationship with Chris Jones, who was one of the men you were speaking about that was on the staff starting in 2012. So, And you all know I, I think the world of Chris Jones. So, uh, You know, I've been fortunate, Terry. I've been on some good teams. And when you're on good teams, you're generally around good coaches. Uh, the one you didn't mention, who is one of my best friends in the business, is Jason Moss. And I had the opportunity to coach Jason in Montreal and then uh, hired him in, in Toronto. Steve McAdoo went on to be a coordinator. Orlando Steinhauer, I have to give uh, Jim Barker credit for Orlando and for Mike O'Shea. They were holdovers from his staff and and two of my best friends in the business, uh, guys I, I trust with my life and with my family. So, um, you know, there's there's a lot. Jamie Elizondo went on to be a heck of an, an offensive coordinator in the league. So, um yeah, I mean, you're happy for that. That's part of what I believe a head coach's job is, is to help his assistants grow, get to where they want to get. It's also a very difficult process. And to answer one of the questions from a while back, what I learned, one of the things that I learned a lot about in my first stint as a head coach was the importance of continuity because I did not have much, and that goes with winning some. That's with players, and that's also with coaches. And that's one of the things that was so exciting to me when I was speaking to Brad and to Chris was, you know, we talked about, hey, we've got to find a way 
to where if I have a, a heck of a, a defensive coordinator and it comes down to 5000 or $10,000 between us and another place, that he's got to want to stay with us. And, and that comes down to relationships. That comes down to, to the environment in the office and, and the family atmosphere that, that people have. So those are some of the things I've learned. I, certainly I'm going to work to get a staff just like that. I don't know that that staff will ever be duplicated again, but uh, I'm going to work at it. And just one more thing, if you can still hear me. Can you spell your daughter's name? Yeah, McCall is M-A-C-A-L-L, and Maggie is M-A-G-G-I-E. Thank you. The next question is from Dean Bennett at Canadian Press. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Thanks. Scott, I think I read somewhere that you started learning X's and O's with your in high school with your dad looking at uh, games on a on a white bed sheet just wondering to that end i mean who are the if you had to pick the three major coaching influences i know you were i think we were with tony dungy as well uh, who are the three biggest yeah. influences when we look at scott milanovich the coach who are we seeing in terms of maybe your top three mentors yeah i think certainly my dad has been my top mentor um you know everybody likes to say or, or comments on how I don't show a lot of emotion on game day. Well, that, that comes from my dad. He taught me as a quarterback at a young age that, you know, you've got to keep it under control because everybody looks to the quarterback the same way. Everybody looks to the head coach. And if you if you don't show poise and, and confidence out there, then the people around you aren't going to be that. I learned similar lessons in addition to a thousand other ones under Tony Dungy. And then um, – Mark Tressman deserves a ton of credit. Uh, I learned so much from Mark about how to be a head coach, about organization, about attention to detail, about how to structure practices, and how to handle walkthroughs, and the attention to detail that, that goes into being a team that's prepared in an elite manner. Um, those are those are the three guys, without a question, that, that had the most influence on my coaching. I'm sorry, did you say you were going to be the offensive coordinator if you decided that yet? I didn't say, but yes, I am. Okay. 